Jesus, because then you fall down. And you say, oh, up like the Red Sea. And split, and split. We're splitting, we're splitting. Split, split, split. Now, this is important because you could say, I'm a DJ in one of those fancy clubs, right? Like this. But watch what happens when I change the face. Now I've lost an ear. You know, when they betray Jesus? Yeah, that's me. Kick the ear. No, kick the ear. Look. Get it back now. Kick the ear. And then put it on or just about healed. Let's get back to some oldies and goodies, huh? Just about while we're tying it down. Salt. Salt. Salt, 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 salt. Just about yet, guys. I can't do it anymore. We're getting there. But they are going to take it down. So take it down, take it down. Drowning in my own sweat. Drowning in my own sweat. Right. We're good. We're good. Alright. Have fun at camp this year, everybody. Have fun at camp. Good morning. Welcome to church today. Are you to worship with us today? Let's give God glory and praise today. Lord, now sing 
lift you up in this house today, Lord Jesus. Be magnified, be exalted in this house, in our praise, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. Yeah, just give him praise. Just give him praise. Just love on our Lord this morning. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope and no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began. Lash was redeemed, only beauty remains. For my orphaned heart was given a morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance, when death was arrested and my life began. For your grace, suffering, washes rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus rose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Yes, Lord. Lord, your grace so free washes over
us today, Lord Jesus. What a blessing. What an honor to be to be saved by our Savior. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you that our Savior lives. He's a living Savior. He may have died. He may have been placed in that tomb, but he didn't stay there. He got out of that tomb. He rose again. And we glorify him for that. We serve a risen and a living Savior. And he's a holy God. Holy. welcome you into this place. You are welcome in this place, Lord. Be honored, Lord Jesus. Be exalted in this place, Lord Jesus. Holy are you, God. 
you lift up holy hands in the house today? Can you lift up holy hands in the house today? Scripture tells us, the Lord says, be holy, for I am holy. And the only way that we can be made whole and to be holy is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Only the blood of Jesus can turn black sin and turn a black soul and turn it white. So our holiness only comes through Him. And because He's so holy, I can stand here in confidence today because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I could say, God, you are holy. God, I know that you are holy. You washed me. You clean up. You lift your hand. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to your name today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When we come together, we come into agreement. Come into agreement with each other. We come into agreement with Him. Things begin to change. And so, whatever your need is, can I tell you, Jesus is the answer. I don't care what your need is, Jesus is the answer to your need. So, will you just stretch your hands towards heaven? God, we thank you today. God, for a chance to worship you, for a chance to be in your presence today, to fill your Shekinah glory, Lord, in this place. God, I ask today, Lord, that, Lord, as we lift you up, Lord, that you would be enthroned in our praises today, Lord, that you would sit in our praises today, Lord, and knowing that you are a good God, Lord, that you care about your people today, Lord, we have needs. Say, God, I have this need today, and Lord, I give it to you. God, for those who are battling sickness today, those who are struggling in their bodies, we pray, God, and we believe, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus that they be healed. God, those who are struggling, God, maybe with their jobs, maybe those who aren't sure what, what the next turn in their life is. God, I pray, Lord, for divine direction. Appointment by you, God, only by you, God. I pray, Lord, that you begin to order steps, God, of, of people. God, I pray today, Lord, for those who may have struggles within their families. God, maybe there's a husband who's at odds with his wife and a wife that's at odds with her husband. God, and maybe kids at odds with their parents. God, I pray right now for restoration in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray for the heavy-hearted today. Lord, you are the lifter of our heads. God, when we're feeling down, God, when we're feeling discouraged, Lord, you lift our heads. Today, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you begin to lift our countenance towards you? God, as we gaze our eyes towards you, God, I pray, Lord, that peace like a river would begin to flow, God, in hearts and lives today. Lord, we honor you and we thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and adoration. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Come on, can you lift your voice one more time? You are holy. Come on, sing it out. Come on, just your voices. Bring the music down. more time. Come on, one more time, church. Sing it out. Come on. You are? You one more time. Can you lift up holy hands and begin to thank the Lord for the work that's that's being done in this house. And maybe those that are watching right now online, maybe they're struggling in their bodies. God, I pray healing right now. God, let your presence, God, begin to flow. God, in and out of these aisles today, God, wherever, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would make a point of contact. We worship you. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. There's joy in your presence, Lord. There's fullness of joy in your presence. So, Lord, we stand on that. God, we ask today, Lord, have your will and way. God, we surrender to you, Jesus. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Find about three or four people around you. Give them a fist bump if you're comfortable with that. If not, you can wave at them and just tell them and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house today. I want to say today... It is so good to see you in the house of the Lord today, and uh, how many are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. If you are a guest with us today, I want to say welcome to you. My name is TJ. I'm the pastor here, and uh, we are so delighted to have you here with us, worshiping with us on this uh, overcast July morning. Can't tell if it's really cloudy or if there's smoke coming from fires or whatever, but God is still good. We're here. We're sitting in, in padded seats. We have air conditioning. We have lights. We're going to eat today. God is good. Amen. And uh, we, I just want to say welcome today. Can we give all of our guests a welcome this morning? What an honor it is to have, have you all here today. And I tell you what, it has been a full week for me. And uh, I tell you what, I am uh, a little bit tired in my body. I don't, I don't know what's going on within me, but I believe I feel the presence of the Lord today, and I believe God's going to help me get through today. Amen? Uh, I want you to do me a favor this week. We are sending uh, our kids off to camp this week. And, yeah, that's right. 
And we have about, Katie's excited, we have about uh, somewhere around 50 people going down uh, to camp, workers, and I think we have right around 40, some 43 uh, students going. And this week, will you do me a favor? When you get some time, will you pray for our students? I'm not convinced you're going to pray for them. <laughs> All right. I just need two or three of you to, to come into agreement. But will you, when you find some time, will you pray for our students? Will you pray for our workers as they, they go? And I, would you just pray that God would just have his will and way in their lives? Listen, uh, I was called to, into the ministry at youth camp. Are you saying our kids are going to be called? Whatever God has for them, I believe every person has a calling of God upon their life. And sometimes that may mean you may be a preacher or you may be a worship leader and you may do something within ministry. But oftentimes that means that you're going to be a Christian uh, mechanic or a Christian doctor or a Christian lawyer. And you're going to spread the love of Jesus where you're at. We all have a call of God to spread the gospel. So this week, will you just pray that these students would be impacted in such a way that when they come back, they would help us to this earth right up and just let the, let the glory of God move in. So remember to pray for them. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask my wife to come down here. She's listening. This. I'm going to get trouble for this in just a little bit. Uh, but I, we got something we want to do that is special uh, today. And uh, we, uh, I don't know, it's probably a couple of months ago, we did a membership class. And we're going to do a member class. We're kind of a little bit of a structure on how it looks like. I mean, we're going to be doing that in the fall. But we have some people who went through our last members class. And we want to recognize them today. And, and, uh, and they're becoming members of our church. Say, hey, pastor, do I have to become a member to, to attend this church? No, you don't. But you ought, to, you ought to become a member because that means you're rooted. Oh, man, that just bounced off every wall in here. That means that you're rooted. So let me encourage you. Pray about it. Pray about it. But I, we want to honor uh, these people today. And if I call your name, can you just come down here? Uh, here to the front, uh, it's Nathan, Nathan Bryant, I, I thought I, is he here, is he with the kids today, he's not here, but I will, maybe someone can grab him, I don't know if he is or isn't here, uh, here's the next one, Mackenzie Warner, come on down, come on up here, come on up here. We're going to really just let everybody see a Jody East. Uh, Alicia Hamilton. And Jeff Hamilton. <laughs> Also, we have Sheldon Kinzer and Randy Kinzer, and she's working today. And last but not least, Brandon Banks. Come on down here, Brandon. Don't, don't these, don't they all look good? 
Come on, give them a hand. I want to do this today. I'm, I'm, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants today, just FYI. I'm going to ask if, if our board members and, and board members' wives to come up here. And I, w- I want to lay hands on them. I, this is what I need from you guys. I want you guys to stand up, and I want you to stretch your hands up here. And we're going to pray, pray for them today. How many could use a little bit more prayer in your life? All right. I'll take it. Amen. But we're going to pray for, pray for them today. Everybody got someone around them? And you good? All right. Kind of huddle in here. Will you stretch your hands this way? Lord, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord. God, for each and every one of these people, Lord, who have made a commitment, Lord. They've made a commitment to follow you, God. God, thank you, Lord, for... God, allowing them to be rooted here, God, at Cornerstone. God, I pray, Lord, that as they are rooted here, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to do a work within them, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would take them further, God, than they've ever been. God, Lord, that you would help us to disciple them. God, that you would help us as a church to to see them grow spiritually. God, I pray, Lord, that you would surround them with your love, God. I pray, Lord, that commitment, God, would, would be the rule of their heart, God, as they serve God and serve us God, in veracity. God, I pray, Lord, that your God would bond them, God. God, we just thank you for each and every one of God, Lord, each bit that they bring to the house, magnify my name, Jesus. God, not for our Lord, for your glory. God, I pray, Lord, that giving would be used Lord, to bring harvest in for the who called. God, and I pray, Lord, that your presence Lord, would open for us be with them. God, we give you the praise. God, we give you the glory. We honor you, God, today. Lord, we just give you all the praise. Come on, give a hand of Jesus, a hand clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated today. Man, they look good today. I, I, I'm sorry if I, I kind of messed up the. That had me worried for a moment. Uh, that that uh, kind of messed up things. Hey, you know what? We're things where God, what God is doing, man. And uh, I tell you what, it, it is such a pleasure to be here today. Last, last week, I spoke, uh, we're doing a series called Against the, uh, Against the Odds. And this series, I talked about the problems and the problems. Often in our lives, we look at problems in our life. And I don't know about you, in my life, I magnify the problem over the promise that God has given me. Anybody ever been there? And we talked about that uh, in, our, in our lives uh, last week. And we're going to continue uh, with, with this series, Against All Odds. And, and today, I want to talk to you on, on this subject of preparation for a blessing. Everyone say, preparation for the blessing. Have you ever been unprepared for something? You ever been asked to do something that you were totally unprepared for? I've been there. Maybe uh, some of you high school students or, or, or uh, students in school or maybe in college or maybe you did this in college. Maybe you, you didn't prepare for a test. How'd that turn out for you? Um, I've been there. And, or maybe, maybe this is you. Maybe you just graduated and you're about to go into college. And, and, and you kind of know what to expect coming into college, but you don't know exactly what to expect. First day of college, you go in, it's a lot different. Than, and so you're, you're a little unprepared. What about, um, what about this? Uh, maybe you're starting a new job and you, you go in the first day. 
you kind of know what to expect, but you, you really don't know what to expect, right? And sometimes you feel unprepared. Anybody ever done this? Maybe, maybe, maybe in your life you, uh, you were, anybody ever take piano lessons? Anybody ever take piano lessons and try to do a recital without being prepared? You're sweating bullets up there while you're trying to, <laughs> to get through the song. Um, you know, I, I thought about this story. I have a minister, uh, friends of mine, they're mentors in my life, and they tell this story. They've been in ministry, I don't know, probably 40 years now. Uh, but when they first started ministry, the very first church they pastored, uh, this, this pastor had to do a funeral, and when he uh, did this funeral, they didn't have a lot of help in the church at that point, and so he asked his wife to help him at this funeral. He asked her to sing a song, and, and, he, and they didn't have a piano player, so she was trying to play the piano and sing, which was, was, she could do it, but she was really not prepared to do it. And when she went to this funeral, she was supposed to sing the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And when she got up there and she was playing and singing, she said, what a friend we have in Judas. <laughs> Missed it by this much. <laughs> Unprepared. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We can look back. Well, we can laugh at her story. But I tell you what, I'd be mortified if that was me. And uh, uh, what about this? As a parent, when you had your first child, did you feel unprepared? I remember when we took Zaylee home from the hospital, I put her in the back of the car, and I was going 30 miles an hour down the freeway, and I was like, slow down! Everyone's passing me, because I thought, you know, I've got, I've got precious cargo in here. And it's funny, because our first, our first child, we, we do, you know, like, I remember calling our, me and Tristan calling our parents, and asking for advice and help. And it, your first child, when they drop their pacifier, man, you pick it up, you go wash it off with hot water, you clean it really good by, like, our third child, it's kind of like, there's nothing on there, that'll be all right. You stick it right back in their mouth, right? It's true. Um, uh, but I remember feeling a really unprepared as I came in to be a parent for the first time and looking into my daughter's eyes and thought, whew, I got to pay for a wedding at some point. No lie. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I felt unprepared. But uh, if we've learned anything about 2020 last year, we, we, we learned that we really weren't prepared for what happened last year, right? It, it kind of threw our world into a tailspin. I mean, what, however you want to look at it, our nation just ran into crisis after crisis, and that we, it was just not well. Uh, and it caught us all off guard. As a matter of fact, even the church was, was caught off guard because when we had to change how we do church, I remember when, uh, remember they said, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve, and all churches went to live stream. Um, even, like, Facebook was unprepared. They had a huge, like, mess up that day because all the churches were trying to live stream, and it was beyond what their capacity was, and people were struggling to do that. Um, Benjamin Franklin said this, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And matter of fact, success, I like this, success loves preparation. How many want to be successful? Got to prepare. This word preparation, uh, it means this, the action or process of making ready 
or being made ready for use or consideration. Let me, let me read that again because that could just sell right over your head. Preparation is the action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. Everyone say preparation. Um, so I want to talk to you about preparation for the blessing, but how do we prepare or how do we posture ourselves for a blessing? We want God to bless us. How many want God to bless us? Let me ask you this. What are you doing to prepare for that blessing? That's a good question, right? God, give me, give me, give me, give me. And then, you know, we don't really know uh, uh, how to take that blessing when that blessing comes. And, and I want to look at seven biblical uh, principles today. Everyone go, oh, no, seven points. I'm prepared. Maybe you should prepare your hearts today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seven biblical principles that we must follow to prepare uh, for our blessing. And, and time and time again, if you go through Scripture, if you go through the Old Testament, uh, we see principles uh, that unlock blessings in people's lives. Uh, I can give you one. I, I talked about this a, a few weeks, uh, weeks ago about Abraham when God told him, said, leave your family and go to a land. Uh, that is unnamed. He didn't, he didn't give him very many details. Just go and just step. And so Abraham went even without all the details. And sometimes God can ask us to do things that make us feel very unprepared. And uh, speaking of preparation, Paul would say this, and he would talking about Jesus coming back, that he's coming back after a church without spot, without wrinkle, or without blemish. Do you know what that is? That is a prepared church that's good that bounced off every wall but that but that's good stuff right there so that tells me that jesus is coming back for a prepared church so simple question simple question do you desire the blessings of god then if you do then you got to make ready or you got to prepare your hearts and lives for the blessing of God. And I'm going to do this a little bit different. I don't have a central text that we're going to go from. I've got seven different texts. Everyone goes, oh, no. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts today. God, I believe that you have blessings for each and every one of us. God, I pray, Lord, that these principles, God, though they are simple, Lord, I ask, Lord, that they would penetrate our heart. Lord, that we would go forth, God, not just um, going towards the, bl the blessing, but God, in preparation, Lord, that we would go uh, with the right motives and the right attitudes as we go forth. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use me fittingly today, God, how you would see fit, God, and help me to get out of the way. And Lord, may your name be made famous today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everyone said, amen. amen. Point number one. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, here we go. Point number one is a spirit of submission. Here's a principle for the blessing of God, a spirit of, of submission. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go to 2 Kings chapter 3, and I'll give you a moment to do that. And if you, if you don't know this text, you should know this text because I spoke out of this text two weeks ago. And, uh, uh, and I'm not recycling anything here, but there, there's something I want to I show you. A spirit of submission, 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 15 says this says, but now bring me a musician, and when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him, talking, this is Elisha who said this, and he said, thus says the Lord, I will make 
this dry stream bed full of pools. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain, but that stream bed shall be filled with water so that you shall drink your, you, your livestock and your animals. Must be talking about my kids. I'm just joking. That's a joke, okay? Everyone look at your neighbor and say, that was a joke. All right. But I like this. Verse 18, he says this. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. Everyone say, this is a light thing. So we used to use this word a lot uh, when I was growing up. I heard this a lot. Uh, I grew up in church was the, the word yield, right? Yielding. Uh, we, I mean, used to use it a lot. You don't really hear it so much now. But submission is basically yielding. When you pull up to a yield stop sign and there is traffic going, what, do you, what are you supposed to do? If you run that yield sign and you hit the car that's there, what's going to happen? You're going to be paying for their car and your car, right? And, and yielding. But when we submit, we are yielding our will to the Lord. That's what we're doing. And oftentimes, we get frustrated because we think God is not moving in our lives. But here's what I've learned. God is constantly moving in our lives. But when we feel like God's not moving in our lives, what's really happened is we aren't truly yielded to God. We're not being receptive to what God's doing. We're not seeing it because we're not fully yielded to him. Anybody ever been there? All right. I need a few honest people. That's all I need. So and what, what happens is what, what doesn't make sense or is difficult to me is a simple thing to God. The trial that is in front of you that looks impossible is really a simple thing to God. It is. Um, and this is what I know. And, and you can write this down if you're a note taker. Man, I tell you what, I have lived by this. This was a reminder. I had so many of my mentors and leaders beat this into me. Submission is voluntary. To submit is voluntary. Oftentimes, uh, we as believers, we choose not to do it. Or maybe this is your case. Uh, you know, maybe your spouse, you know, for, for, you, for you women, you know, Scripture says submit to your husband, right? And that doesn't mean that he can tell you what to do and, and you know, be totally uh, all this. But, but to submit means to come under the headship of. Really, what to yield for that we do do, it's messy. He allows us to take hold of it. It's voluntary. Submission is not only doing what your boss, boss asks you to do, but it's doing it with a good attitude. Oh, man, now, now you're talking, Jay. Now you're talking. Submission is, my boss asked me to do this. A lot of times I've, I've found out, this is the, the obedience, we're going to get to obedience, but sometimes we're obedient to the but sometimes we're not submissive to them. We'll do what they tell us to do, we're going to do it with the boss. Well, I'm not going to batter. Not a Right? I'm not clear. And some people will obey their bosses, and they'll call me behind their back. Oh, man. I'm hit pretty hard. It's quiet in here. But... This is, what, this is what we need to understand. We may not always understand it. We may not always understand why God asked us to do something. We may not always understand why our boss asked us to do something. But the question is and building a, a spirit of submission. Number two right here. I told you, we're going to move fast. We're going to move fast today. Here's the second one. A greater capacity for faith. 
Second principle for praying for blessing one mission number two is a greater capacity for faith. Second Kings chapter four, flip over one chapter. It says this. Then he said, this is talking about Elisha again. Go borrow vessels from everywhere. There's empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your and your son into all these vessels and set aside the full ones. So this story here is talking about faith. And we're talking about faith. And, and here's what I know. Oftentimes we will ask God for things, but sometimes we are intimidated to ask God for big things. Right? We'll ask God for, for, for things, but oftentimes we're, we would say, man, God, can you, can you help me sell my house right now? And God's like, that's an easy thing for me. Remember, we just talked about that. But oftentimes, we, we struggle with that. Sometimes it's intimidating to ask God for the big things. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And we're like, man, I, I just don't know. Sometimes, uh, uh, well, in this story, this woman, she's, she's told to gather containers from her neighbors. And check this out. I've got this little, little, little flask of oil that we use up here when we pray for people. And, and, and she, this is all she has. She just has a little bit of oil. And Elisha tells her to do something amazing. He says, go and gather as many vessels as you can. Matter of fact, I want you to go to all your neighbors. You got any extra Tupperware? Right? You got any, any five-gallon buckets? You got anything I can, I can hold oil? What do you need it for? Well, I've got this oil. And what I'm going to do, I have this flask of oil, and I'm going to pour into these vessels, and God's just going to continue to pour. Oh, let me get those for you, right? It's funny. You know, if you, if you, anybody ever borrowed Tupperware from someone? Anybody ever borrowed Tupperware and forget to get, give it back? Listen, if you borrow Tupperware or get Tupperware from Bev, give it back to her. She will chase you down. I'm just playing, Bev. You know I love you. But look at this story. Look at this story. So these containers, and, and Elijah tells her, he says, go out and get as many jars. I wonder if God told us to do that, how well we would respond. Would we just get enough? I wonder how, how this lady, how she was. I wonder if she just went and banged on all neighbors' doors and said, I need vessels. I need empty vessels. I need as many as I can get. And this story in 2 Kings is not about oil, and it's not about the jars. It's about this woman's ability to believe in a, for a greater capacity. That's the meat of this story is her willingness to agree that, in into agreement with what God had said in faith and say, hey, God's about to do a big thing in my life. And that's what faith does. It asks you to go somewhere that oftentimes logic will not comprehend. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't always make sense. And let me ask you this. Do you have the capacity to believe beyond what you see? I don't know about you. Oftentimes I struggle because I am looking with these eyes. When I should be looking with the faith and I should be hearing and building my faith. But, uh, and oftentimes... Do we, do we struggle with the capacity to believe beyond what we see? And here's another one. What we know. Ooh. How about this one? Or what we're capable of. 
Oh, that's a limitation, God. I, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't believe you would ask me to do that. I can't believe you would ask me to share my testimony to someone. I can't believe you would ask me to go uh, tell someone about Jesus in Walmart. Lord, that's beyond my capability. That's beyond my, my, my capacity. And I don't know. It's kind of like this. Anybody, well, I don't want to say it like anybody, I was going to say it's anybody like ellipticals, but I don't think anybody actually likes ellipticals. Anybody ever worked out on an elliptical? All right. Here's the thing. Uh, ellipticals, when you start on an elliptical, when I start on an elliptical, you know what I do? The first day or so, I sit there and almost make myself throw up because I'm just out of shape. And I sweat. And I'm working out. And I'm, and I'm getting tired. Maybe, maybe this is you. Maybe you go jogging. The first day you, you decide to get off the couch and go jogging, the first day is a tough one, isn't it? You sweat, you're hot, you're hoping that the neighbors don't see you throwing up in their bush, right? And, but this is what happens. The more that I exercise daily, and, and this goes with our faith, the more that I exercise, the greater the capacity that my body can handle. When I get on that elliptical, and I've been doing that elliptical every day for many, many, many weeks, guess what? My capacity to be on that elliptical is greater than when I started. And that's the way our faith should work. Our capacity of our faith should be greater today than the day that we got saved. Amen? So every time you say yes to God, every time you say, hey, God, I am going to trust you. Uh, and, and, and even if you're doubting in your mind and even if you're struggling and even if you're unsure, your capacity grows. You say, hey, God, I don't always, I don't see it all, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Because you asked me to do it, I'm going to do it with all my might. And as I look back over my life, I can see time and time again, God has been faithful when I've answered with yes. Everyone say a greater capacity of faith. Another way we prepare our hearts for a blessing is this. Number three, an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. Second Kings chapter 5. Go over one more chapter. It says this, verse, verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Talking to Naaman here. And your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold... I thought that he could surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure uh, the leper. Verse 12 says this, Aren't, are, are not Abana and, and, and far, far Par the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned, I want you to look at this last portion. So he turned and went away in got mad here in the same same principle here and we're talking about humility same principle here is it's not uh, it's it wasn't the river that made the difference in Naaman it was his attitude and it was his pride God can do whatever he wants and whatever but when God asks you to do something specifically oftentimes it's our pride that gets in the way of our miracle you know, humility, I, I, love, I love humility, and humility is oftentimes very, very hard to, to walk in. You know why? Because we love ourselves. 
We love ourselves. Do you know how I know that? Black Friday. When's the last time you saw someone on Black Friday go, oh, will you go ahead and take this last TV? It's all good. I, God bless you, right? But that, that often, that oftentimes that happens. So pride, listen, listen, listen to this. Pride is why we walk around offended. Pride is why we walk around offended. It's a lack of humility in our lives. Pride is the enemy of blessing, and pride is the enemy of humility. And God will not bless pride. James 4, 6 says this, he opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. Pride, check this out. This is how pride works. Pride will make us ruin relationships so we can be right. I don't care that we're not friends anymore, and I'm okay with letting this relationship go because I'm going to be right. That's pride. That's pride at its core. And if we're honest, if we're truly honest in this building, I can tell you this. We all suffer with pride from time to time. And it's sneaky. It sneaks in there really, 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 like, sneakily. And then it's honest. And then before we know it, and you ought to pray every day, God, God, help me to walk in humility today. God, help me to see people like you see people. God, God, help my pride to be thrown to the side. I need that. Humility. But here's the thing. Humility creates a tenderness and a sensitivity to the spirit of God. When we drop our pride and we come and say, hey, God, I need you to work some humility in me. I need you to help me to come down, bring me down. And this is what I know. God gives grace. God gives grace to the humble. I love that. I love that. And humility, it creates this tenderness. And as a church and as a people, we have to be willing to go before God and say, God, break my pride. Break my pride. God, help me. Help me. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, help me to, to, to learn, uh, learn to go and to give to others, to drop my pride so we can walk in this principle of humility. Everyone say a spirit of humility. Here we go. Number four. A commitment to work. Whoa. Everyone say work. Work, 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 right? Hosea. I fooled you. You guys thought I was going to 2 Kings chapter 6, right? Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says this. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. I want you to look at this part. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. I don't know about you. I, I, was, I had the privilege to speak um, on, on Friday at Carolyn Robertson's uh, memorial service, uh, graveside. And, and there, uh, one of the things the family asked me to do, they said, can you make sure salvation is mentioned? I said, absolutely. And I believe this, just like Carolyn believed, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And I believe, I believe, look, I believe that the local church is the avenue in which God is going to, to work. And I believe that we are that. Amen? Everyone say, Lord, use me. 
All right. I also believe that there, look, look at this. I also believe that there's a responsibility that I have, that you have, that we need to pick up the mantle and spread the message of Jesus Christ. Oh, we're all good until we have to go to work, right? Hmm. The Good News translation says this, and, and it starts like this. It said, I said, plow new ground for yourself. Plow new ground for yourself, meaning it's this. It's my responsibility to stop passing the buck. Oh, they'll do it. Let them do it. Let them. Do it. No, no, no. It's my, it's, it's my responsibility to stop passing the buck and to commit to building the kingdom of God. And this is what I know. The future of the kingdom of God, listen, it, it, it'll go on, but it, it, it depends on you and me spreading the gospel. And that's work sometimes. Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes that's not easy. And, and if you work in the capacity of helping people, man, this, this is so true. It sometimes hurts to love on people. Sometimes it's just downright tough. Uh, maybe sometimes we get our feelings hurt or we feel unappreciated or sometimes we feel betrayed. And it's easy, look at this, it's easy to get a hard heart when you're dealing with people. It's easy to get a really hard heart. But listen, I, I like this scripture. This scripture tells, Hosea tells us, he says, break up the hard ground. That's something that we should be doing every day. God, help me to break this thing up because people matter to you. And sometimes that's work and sometimes that may feel like a struggle so I must love people with the same love and keep my heart towards people. Everyone say a commitment to work. Number five, I told you we're going to cruise through these. We must be actively obedient. We must be actively obedient. John chapter 9. You can go there. If not, it will be on the screen. John chapter 9, verse 7 says this, and Jesus is, 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 is healing the blind man. He's putting put mud in his eyes. And he says this, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of uh, Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. And I don't know about you. When I think about this story, Jesus asked him to do something. But what Jesus asked him to do was, was really kind of not, not mean, but just like, hey, I'm going to. You're blind. I'm going to put mud in your eyes. Now go to that pool and wash your eyes out. Really? I'm going to ask you to go. You're going to ask this blind guy to go to the pool. And, and I don't know about you. If that would have been me, I might have gotten mad and maybe quit if I'd have been that guy. And, and he might have said, hey, man, this is not fair. There's probably somewhere closer where I could wash my eyes. You want me to walk all the way over there? Why not this pool? He could have said, why? And, he, and, and oftentimes, uh, or, uh, we, we work hard uh, to teach our kids to walk when they are young, right? All of us. When, we, when you have kids, anybody know what I'm talking about? And we struggle to get them to walk. And they go from, you know, usually crawling. And, man, when they crawl, they're fast. But when they start walking, they're really fast, right? There's nobody faster in the world than a toddler trying to get away with something. But I remember when our kids were learning to walk, and I remember they could crawl, and we, were, we would pick them up, and we would set them up, 
and try to get them to walk. And then we would let go, and they would fall down, and they would get frustrated. They'd get, they might cry a little bit, and you know what they would do? You know what their response was? I'm going back down to where, what I know to do. I'm going to go back to crawling. And oftentimes in our lives, it's like that for us spiritually. God is trying to stand us up and try to get us to understand. And here's the, here's the capacity that I knew with my kids. If you learn to walk, you, your whole world is about to open up. Because you're going to be able to do things. You're going to be able to go outside, use your little feetsies to go down the sidewalk instead of crawling, right? You're going to be able, this is going to, you're going to be able to use toys that can help you walk. You're going to be able to stand. You're going to be able to reach things that you shouldn't be able to reach. Mom and dad's like, oh, got to put it up higher, right? And I can't help but think that with the Lord, sometimes we're down here crawling and God's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up and I want you to walk. And we get up here and then we get mad. We get back down. We are crawling again. And God's like, no, I want you to do this. And it's all about obedience and following him. Do you know God's looking for an obedient heart? And my problem is I make excuses instead of just walking in obedience. Oftentimes, God, that's too hard. God, I can't believe you would ask me to do that. God, no way, Jose. Without obedience, listen to this. And you can write this down if you're a note taker. Without obedience... Uh, or, or with obedience comes understanding. And this is the problem that I have. Oftentimes, when God tells me to do something, I want understanding before I walk in obedience. And it doesn't work that way. God usually, most, most often, he will reveal things after he's seen me take the first step of obedience. Oh, that's what you want me to do. It's like that story with Abraham. He told him, he said, hey, go to a place, an unnamed place. Where's that? Take a step, then we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Then he knew, and God began to orchestrate his steps. So God, God is looking for an obedient heart. Everyone poke your neighbor and say, God's looking for an obedient heart. Could it be, could it be that some of us are not understanding or hearing God clearly because we are not walking in obedience? We're walking in frustration. Maybe we're like, like, like a child. trying to. We don't know what's best for us. We just have to trust him. And obedience brings clarity, and clarity brings understanding. So, so, can you, so can you trust God even when you don't understand the why? That's what obedience is, trusting God even when you don't understand the why. I don't have to know why. I don't have to understand. I'm just going to trust you. And Jesus tells this blind man, hey, here's some mud in your eyes. Uh, um, not now not only are you blind but let's let's put some mud in your eyes now you go to that pool so here's this guy he's got mud on his face he's a big disgrace i wish you guys knew the christian songs like you knew those but he's got mud in his eyes and god tells him or but jesus tells him hey go go to that pool and in obedience I don't know how he did it. I don't know if they helped him. I, the scripture doesn't really specify. I don't know if he felt his way there. But all he needed, and I just know I have to walk in obedience to get my breath. Sometimes it's blind faith. I, I can't see what's going on, but I'm, I'm just going to trust you, God. 
I'm going to step out. I'm going to do, uh, even if it feels uncomfortable. So God's blessings are not on the other side of understanding, but the other side of obedience. Obedience to him. And many of you will begin to see like this man did once you've obeyed the Lord. And, and I said this uh, when I was speaking at camp. Partial uh, obedience is just disobedience. God, I'll give you this part of my life, but I'm not going to give you this part of my life. You know what that is? Disobedience. And obedience requires a sacrifice, the sacrifice of my will. Of my will. We must be actively, or we must actively walk in obedience. Here's number six, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Number six, a pursuit of freedom. Everyone say a pursuit of freedom. In John chapter 11, one of my, one of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Lazarus. And Jesus is chilling in Jerusalem, and Lazarus is sick, and he's not that far away, and he can get there in time, but Jesus is just laying low and just decides not to go back. And when he comes back uh, to where, where Lazarus has died, and when he walks up, you remember the story, Martha comes out and greets him. Jesus, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. You, you could have come, but, but you didn't. And... and and, and, uh, and so Jesus is, is, is the, and he's late, and they're all at the tomb, and Jesus asked them, this is crazy to me, this, this story, when you, when you think about this, and I thought about this, Jesus asked them to move away the stone. He said, hey, move away the stone. Jesus could have spoke and moved the stone, but no, Jesus told them, hey, go move the stone. And why did Jesus feel the need to tell, tell these mourners who are crying, because their brother stinks by now, right? To go move the stone. You guys go move the stone. Why would he do that? And the stone, look at this. The stone, I can relate to this. The stone was a reminder of the pain and the loss that they experienced. As they went to that stone and they began to remove it, all they could think is, Lazarus is dead. He, he died just, just recently. And this is just a reminder of this. And it was a reminder that God... Jesus, you, you didn't meet my expectation. I expected you to do this, but you, you didn't do it the way I thought you were going to do it. And oftentimes we get stuck in our own world, our own heart. And so, God, you, I expect you to do it this way because this is what I was expecting. Jesus, I'm going to do it the way that I know to do it. Because here's what happens. When God does it, it's done right. And, and this story with Lazarus is amazing because at the end of this story, God gets some awesome glory out of it. But look at this. I, I heard this. I heard this. There's, there's a book that I'm going to buy. And one of the main themes of this book is, can you still worship a God who doesn't meet your expectations? And that's what's happening in this story. And Jesus was about to do something amazing. But here's what they had to do. They had to remove their hurt. And they had to remove their frustration because it was keeping the blessing from coming out. I love that. Jesus, he gives them a chance to activate their faith, to get the stone out of the way. And the stone, what does it represent? The stone represents my hard heart. Sometimes the difference between the blessing 
is the condition of my heart. I'm not prepared to receive that blessing. And God's saying, I need you to remove that stone. I need you to remove that stone, and then I'll do the miracle. It's behind the stone that the miracle was going to happen. It's behind the stone where there's freedom. How many want freedom? It's not a stone in us, but a hardened heart in God. Oftentimes, we get hard hearts because we say, hey, God, you didn't answer it the way I thought you should. You didn't, didn't do it in the time that I, that I thought you should have done it. And we're automatically, we feel like that the dream is dead. But can I tell you something? When Jesus speaks, things come to life. I love the story because if Jesus would have said, hey, come forth, everyone would have come forth. But, but he had to specifically say, Lazarus, come forth because he, he didn't need them all coming forth, right? And there is freedom when we remove the stone. And there's no resurrection without moving the stone. Remember Jesus, when he was resurrected, the stone was removed opened up miracle and we must pursue freedom in our lives and here's the last one everyone say preparation for blessing last one a continuous prayer continuous prayer go to acts chapter one and i, I want to explain something these are super simple but let me tell you something if you can walk these out in your life they will be profound and you'll see things opening up in your life blessings coming look at this we as a church, listen, I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. I'll throw myself in here. As a church, as a church, I'm talking as a whole, we have lost an urgency to pray. We'll do it when it's convenient. We'll do it if, it's, if it fits into our schedule. But where is the urgency? Where is the priority of prayer in our lives. Look at this. Look at this. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 says this. They all met together and were constantly united in constantly. They all met together constantly. Can I tell you this? We need to constantly be in prayer. So what does that mean, TJ? You know what? We need to have an urgency to pray. That doesn't mean you have to be here physically, but that does mean that, that you need to take some time maybe to set aside. I promise you if you set some time aside, Netflix will be there when you get back. And God will do more in your life than Netflix ever could. A prayer, look at this, a prayer that brings unity to the church. It's what happened in the early church. They didn't have the word of God. They, 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 knew, they knew what Jesus said. They, they passed those things along. They had, they, and they went from there. But you know what kept them close? Prayer. Unity. Uh, so prayer that brings unity in the church. Prayer that brings expe expect expectancy in the church. Prayer that brings urgency in the church. Prayer that brings healing in the church. Prayer that brings restoration in the church. Prayer that brings hope in the church. Prayer that brings new life in the church. And listen to this. When we begin to pray, guess what? We'll begin to lead with submission. And we'll have a greater capacity of faith. And that leads to humility. And prayer that makes me want to get to work for the kingdom of God. And prayer that removes stones in my life.
Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. You know what the key to the, to the Acts church was prayer. You know what Jesus' secret weapon was? Prayer. He knew how to pull away and spend time with the Father. He did it so many times. There was crowds and he'd just like disappear and be like, I'm out. Sometimes that's what we need to do. But look at this. The early church, all they did was pray and they waited. They pray and they waited. Another word that you could say for wait is they trusted. Scripture tells us this, that they, and they for, my, for my people who've been in church a long time, they tarried a long time. Right? Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. How many want new strength today? How many want to prepare our hearts for the blessing today? Amen. Can you stand to your feet with me all across this building with your, with your heads bowed? God, I thank you for your word. God, I want to see the blessing on my life, but God, Maybe I haven't prepared myself for the blessing. God, maybe I need to work on submission. God, maybe I need to work on obedience. Maybe I need to work on working. God, maybe there's a stone in my life. Maybe my heart has grown hard. Today, Lord, we give that to you. If you are here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, He wants to have a relationship with you. I want to start with this and give you a chance to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He wants a relationship with you. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. I want you to know the Jesus that I know because He's changed me forever. And he can change you forever. Maybe life's been tough, but can I tell you, He he can turn your situation around. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm going to take just a few moments here. I want to give you a chance to know him today. Anyone in the house with no one looking around, would you just lift your hand and say, hey, I want to I know Jesus today. Anybody? Anybody in the house? I'm looking around. But Terry, just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. All right. How many would say, Pastor TJ, I want to prepare my heart for the blessing that God has for me. And you say, hey, maybe, maybe one of these principles, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm maybe good at two of them, but I'm, I'm struggling with five of them. Or maybe I'm good at six of them. Maybe, and you say, hey, I've got some room for growth in my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? All right. That's what I want you to do. Lift that other hand up. We're going to sing this song, but I want you to call out, look at me real fast. I want you to call out the very thing that you know that maybe you're struggling. Maybe it's submission. I want you to call out and say, God, I need help with submission. God, I need, I need help walking in obedience. God, I've got a hard heart. I've allowed some things, and it's keeping the blessing of God from me. God, I put work in. I know you've called me to reach people around me. God, 
So I want you, with your hands lifted up, just begin to call out to the name of Jesus. What, whatever that is for you. Listen. Come on, just begin to call out. Come on. Come on. God, I need an urgency break. I need a greater capacity of faith in my life. God, I have a like I need to trust. Come on, come on, come on. They're going to sing this. They're going to sing this. Come on. Come on. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. Lord, prepare our hearts for the blessing. Prepare our hearts for the blessing. capacity, Lord, a greater capacity of faith. God, a greater capacity for submission, Jesus. God, a greater capacity for obedience. to lift your hands. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your word, God, that was spoken today, Lord, would go forth in power and might. God, I pray that things that have been stagnant would be stirred up in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray for greater submission. God, greater obedience. God, greater faith. God, a greater capacity, Lord, to love all my neighbors, to reach them. God, I pray, Lord, that things in our lives would be removed Lord, so that we as a people and as a church can experience the blessing of God on our lives. We declare it. We believe it. We know it. And it's in your mighty name, Lord. Seal this word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on and give Jesus a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Stretch your hands this way. I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Make sure you pray for our kiddos this week. Church, we are so blessed to have a pastor that serves under the, the calling of love. Uh, that was an outstanding service, Pastor. Thank you so much. And gosh, he started off saying he was tired today. Man, we gonna get if he's not tired. But if you're a guest with us today, we are so, so 
thankful that you came out to, to worship with us today. In front of you is a Connect card. If we could get you to fill that out, turn it in our Welcome Center. We've got a special gift just for you. We want to get to know you just a little better. Yeah, as you're leaving the day, there are giving boxes on the sides of the walls, up in the balcony, and on each uh, side of the sanctuary doors for your tithes and offerings. There's also ways to give online. You can give of your tithes and offerings. We appreciate that. If your child is going to camp tomorrow, you need to be here at 8.30. The bus is going to leave at 9. Every year, somebody shows up at 9.05, and how long does it take to get there? About two hours. It's about a two-hour drive, so make sure you're here with your kiddo at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Be ready. Uh, Tuesday night, we've got a men's fellowship meeting here at the church at 7 p.m., on August 1st at 6 p.m., that's a Sunday night, we've got a back-to-school camp testimony service. So, gosh, we haven't had a Sunday night service in a long time, so that's going to be exciting. And then save the date, we will be having our marriage conference October 1st and 2nd. More details, sign up at the Welcome Center.